Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Thinking Out Loud with myself, Patricia, and of course, Darianne. Thank you for having me. Um, welcome back to episode two of our podcast. Um, how to survive and thrive in an accommodating world. And thank you everybody for joining us. Jerianne, it's amazing to see you back again. Thank you, thank you. Yes, we missed you for our first question and I answer. Know. I know, I have to work. <laughs> no worries, working is work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we are looking forward to having you back this Friday for our question and answer. I look forward to it too. So, um, Make sure that um, if any of you do have any questions for Jerry Ann or myself, um, send it in the chat or send us an email and uh, we'd love to be able to address it. Absolutely. We can. Thank you. So how was your week, Jerry Ann? I haven't seen you all week. Yeah, I know. I've been pretty busy back at coaching gymnastics. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's nice to be back in the gym and moving around and the kids are in there. So it's nice. How about your week? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was busy with camp stuff, but this is part two or second week of camp. Mm -hmm. So we've been, you know, a little bit more settled, know a little bit more what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into coaching? Actually, that's something I've never asked you oh. about. Oh, I used to coach. Uh, well, I used to do gymnastics myself. And then when I was like 14, 15, I was like, hey, I want to coach. So I, you know, I said to my, my coach at the time, I said, you know, can I come in and like volunteer a little bit? And they're like, yeah. So they trained me. And then I just started taking the courses through Gymnastics Ontario and Gymnastics Canada. Yeah. And yeah. Now you're, and which kids do you coach? I coach anywhere from 18 months to 18 years of age. So oh it's gosh. a big, it's a big, it's a big, <laughs> big spectrum, I guess you could say. What do you do with an 18 months? Oh, it's, it is so much fun with 18 months. We sing, we dance. It's the parents come with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like a mommy and me, mommy and daddy class. So a lot of like fine motor and gross motor kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess stretching, stretching. They go on every piece of equipment when they're little, they go on the balance. Beams. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. And they have their little gym suits and some of them have their little diapers sticking out of the side. They're so funny. And, you know, they try to say my name and they can't say it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite age for, for coaching? I would say 18 months because we just have a blast. Oh. Yeah. I also enjoy teaching the older boys. Um, They're really funny because they have no fear. They just mm -hmm. like, Coach Jerry, watch me. And they do like crazy flips. I'm like, I can't watch. I can't watch. <laughs> but, you know, they're boys. They're fearless. We have fun. So do you decide like what kind of like, not tricks, but like yeah moves i guess they do yeah and... they, they follow we follow up report card system okay so yeah they know they can't like especially the boys they know they can't do the, the skills unless they pass that level oh, but they try God. to sneak them in there you know and then you've got to sort of like spot them and teach yeah. them and, and kind of go from there yeah you kind of progression it yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so that's Amazing. been yeah i really enjoy it so definitely one of my passions <laughs> wow yeah it's neat mm-hmm and for our episode this week, um, last week we talked a little bit about the importance of inclusion mm -hmm. and you told us a little bit about yourself. Yes. You guys learned a little bit about myself. Um, this week we're talking a little bit about advocating for yourself. And we're talking about, you know, you were just mentioning actually about your um, gymnastics coaching. And mm -hmm. obviously that takes a little bit of advocating as well for yourself. Absolutely. 
So could you tell us a little bit about um, a time where, you know, maybe actually like where you advocated for yourself and it maybe didn't go as well as obviously your gymnastics did? Well, uh, quite a few times I can count on uh, count. Um, so I remember once in, this was in university. And uh, so what I, I would do my exams in, it's called a test center. And I'd have a scribe, a reader scribe. And, you know, I had this professor. He's like, oh, it's only like three questions. Um, and he's like, you can use your reading pen because I have a little reading pen. So mm-hmm. it could read, it read, didn't read a sentence. It read individual words. So, sorry, I've never seen a reading pen. Oh, what I should bring it next time. Yeah. So it's like a laser pen. It okay. looks like a, like a pen, but a little bit bigger. Yeah. And it scans each word one at a time. So, and I have plug into headphones. Okay. It wasn't the best because it didn't read full sentences, which was hard for me. So, but he said, oh, it's only like three or four questions. You know, it's not a, you know, a big test. It's multiple choice. I was like, okay, okay. So I got the test and it was like three pages. And I was like, oh my God, I'm panicking. And it's all, it's a lot of writing and a lot of reading. So I, I, I got up and I walked out. And I went to counseling and disability and I spoke to my counselor. I said, look, he said it wasn't going to be like this. I need a scribe. And she's like, no problem. No problem. We'll get you a scribe. And what is a scribe again? So a scribe, um, so they read for me and they write for me. Exactly what is written on the paper? They they're read? not allowed to do anything else. They, okay. They're like a robot. So they sit there. If I want them to read the question five times, ten times, they have to do it. So they get paid, mm-hmm. you know. By the school. It's usually a student, you know, from another program. Um, and but you're they, not allowed to say, like, can you paraphrase that? No. Nope. What is, you know what I they mean? They have like to write exactly what I say. Okay. Nothing else. Even if it's grammatically wrong, it's it's all my work. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, um, she's like, I'll call the professor and, you know, let him know that we were going to get you a scribe. So she's like, she called the professor and he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll read it to her. No worries. Come by my office. So I went by his office. I was already embarrassed because I left class. And he comes over to me sitting and he just puts the test in front of me and he says, go ahead and walked away. And I was like, what, what's happening here? Like I was in a panic. I already told you I can't read this. I need help. And he just walked away. So I just circled all the question answers and I walked out. I walked mm. out and I was so upset. And like by circling the answers, you just wrote. I just, just guessed. Anything. I just guessed. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't fail the class, but I guess because I already had a good mark, but I was just so, he didn't get it. He didn't mm-hmm. get it. And it was so embarrassing. Um, yeah. it's, it's so hard to advocate for yourself and you do it. And then somebody like kind of treats you like that. And you're like, it's so discouraging. So, when you take a course, whatever mm-hmm. course, whether like when you took this course, mm-hmm. what are the steps? So you you look at the syllabus or whatever, and you're like, hey, this course looks cool. I'm mm-hmm. gonna take it. So then, what do you do? So I can't. Uh, I contact Counseling and Disability Services for whatever school. So I went to Seneca, mm-hmm. and they would set up kind of like an IEP, but we called mm-hmm. it an accommodation letter. All right. And on the accommodation letter, it just says, you know, this student needs, you know, double time a scribe, like whatever, it's individualized. And your counselor and you kind of go through it together. And you have a note from your doctor saying that you're... Yes. 
you know, this is something that you require in order to succeed. Yeah, I have a psych report. I had to get one. I think I had to get three because I first I had, um, I had one in elementary school, one in high school, and mm-hmm. then one. Yeah, because they they ch- you change right. Yeah. So it, like um so I you know gave them that and then they kind of base your accommodation letter off of that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then you bring your you approach, I guess, the guidance or you mm. said the accommodation. Yes, it's accommodation letter from counseling and disabilities. Okay, so they read it and they're like, okay, Jerrianne needs these accommodations, mm-hmm. and then what do you do? I think we print it off and I give it to the professor. Okay, so it's like it was like a book. I think it's digital now. It's been a while since I've. Uh, but before, I, when I was in university, I'd have to just give it to the professor the first day of class. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, hi, my name's Jerrianne. I'd speak to him after class. You know, this is uh, my accommodation letter. If you have any questions, please contact me or my counselor. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they would, would be like, okay, no problem. But you'd have a few that would not even look at it and just put it down. <laughs> so, yeah. so then that's where the advocation, advocacy kind of comes in. Yeah, because like... I'm entitled, I was entitled to double time. So I would always make sure I'd like to my professor, if I needed it, I'd be like emailing them ahead of time, just to let you know, I need a little more time on this assignment. Um, I always have written documentation because they sometimes, oh, you never asked for for extra time. Well, I did. Here's my letter. Mm -hmm. And do you think it made a difference? Having it written? Having it, no, not having, Mm. I guess for sure, having it written Mm -hmm. so that you've got like a little track record of your conversation. But I mean, just like, what would you say the difference between accommodating, having an accommodation and not having an accommodation would be? Uh, Success in, in, I would say, right? Because, you know, I'm I'm still doing the same work as any other person, but I'm just doing it a different way. Like I'm... I'm dictating it instead of um, writing it, right? So I would say in order for myself to be successful, I needed to advocate for myself to be, to get those accommodations. Does that make sense? Am I making mm-hmm, sense? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. how did you learn? Like, can you share with us a little bit about... A lot of tears. <laughs> a lot of tears and a lot of like, should I say something to the teacher? Do I do anything? You know, just kind of, especially when you're young in high school and you're like, should I tell him I need help? Do I, you know, just kind of like that mm-hmm. struggle in your mind. But after a while, you're just like, forget it. I need help. I need, you know, I have the right to these accommodations. Right. But before I was just like, I don't want to say anything. I guess you and just don't want to say It comes with age. Out. comes with age. And people, you know, peers are like, oh, how come they, she got an extension or... How come she gets to write her test in a different room? So that's always been hard. Mm-hmm. People don't get it, you know, or they're like, oh, that girl's in the special ed class. She's in the SPED room. They call mm-hmm. it the SPED. And how do you find, like, did you find from the time you were in, like, say, between elementary to high school to post-secondary and then, well, now work? Mm. Did you find that people are generally, like, there are some people that get it, some people that don't, some people that, you know. Absolutely. There's always some people that just will not get it or don't want to. Mm-hmm. They kind of have that, like, mind block. They don't want to understand. They don't care. You know? So it's very frustrating. Like, another job I had, I went and 
an interview for another school I worked at. You know, I had um, an interview, and I they had I had a scribe, a reader, a scribe, and everything, and I was successful. For the, oh, so for even for an interview, oh yes. you would go in for you would ask for an accommodation. Absolutely, in order to be successful. Oh, I never even thought about that. Wow. Everything needs, yeah, everything. So when I go into an interview, they need to provide me with a reader and a scribe, or do it verbally. So let's say they have questions for me, I have to tell them verbally because I would not be able to write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I did successfully get through the interview at this one place I was working, and then I went to kind of like a meet and greet and kind of learn about the job. And when I was there, I was just, they said something about like not being able to accommodate and I just panicked. I panicked. So I left very upset, mm-hmm. very upset. I just like, cause you're scared. You're like, you're putting yourself out there. Um, and I remember they called me and they're like, well, we don't think this job is good for you because you your anxiety. And I said, no, I can do it. I'm just, I, you need to accommodate me. So that was a big hard, that was a hard thing. I had to prove to them. Mm-hmm. So they gave me like a trial. And then once they realized, oh, okay, it was just, she was upset because she didn't get the accommodations, right? I can do the job just, just as well as anybody else, maybe better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I have that panic that they're not going to accommodate me, that, that worries me, you know? So if I was an employer that was applying and you were applying for a position Mm -hmm. and you obviously had mentioned in your application that you I don't have to disclose it in my application oh okay I didn't know just when I go go in so like immediately when you go into the interview then you would be like excuse me but just before we we mm -hmm. they wouldn't have a scribe or anything usually I let them know ahead of time okay depending on the job but technically by law you don't have to tell them yeah I guess that makes sense. Like, yeah. why would you need to know that if you can't? And, Unless yeah. it has to do with the job itself. You know what I mean? Yes. So technically it's, yeah, I'm very open. So like even in my resume, I write about how I have a learning disability and how it helps me, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the job. So, you know, I'm very open. So that way, mm-hmm. you know, but technically you don't have to tell them. And if you do, they have to accommodate you. They don't always do it, but mm-hmm. they're supposed to by law. So if you go in for an interview then, and say so you're coming in for an interview mm-hmm. and you're sitting down and you're like, you know, excuse me, but I just wanted to let you know that I do require, require some accommodations yep. for this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do I, what can I do as an employer um, to support that? So, so, Hold on. Sorry, I'm just trying to understand the question. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, okay, like, say you come in, you're coming in for an interview, mm-hmm. and you're like, um, excuse me, Patricia, but I just want to let you know that um, I'm excited about this job and mm. this interview, but I will need some accommodations in order for me to answer the questions. So what can I do as an, like, what can I do to help you out? Yeah. I would guess just kind of, what can I do? Just say, what can I do? And, you know, I will tell you you know, this is what I need to be successful. I'm usually good at saying what I need. Um, and just, you know, usually the person is anxious. I find I'm anxious too, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of reassure them that you're there to accommodate them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then would fear. it be fair for an employer too to say, um, you know, 
in this role, what would be some of the accommodations that we could provide in order to help you be successful in this role if you do get the job? Is that a fair question? That is a fair question. Employer? Absolutely. Or a potential employer, I guess? Absolutely. And I would answer that, yeah, definitely. You know, these is what this is what I need to be successful and yeah. So, so what are three things that you would say for yourself? So I guess did you talk about what your learning disability was? I think we kind of last week talked a bit about it. It's kinda, reading, right? Like reading and writing. Reading and writing. It's like a processing delay. Okay. Um and dysgraphia, they told me. What does that mean? It's kind of similar to dyslexia. I don't know hundred percent. Okay. But it's the words I'm reading, they don't pro- they don't connect to what I'm seeing. Like the processing is off. Mm-hmm. So what I'm seeing, I'm not understanding. I have to hear it. If that makes okay. sense, I don't know if that's making sense, but yeah. Yeah, so you can't so, like, just read something. I can't say to Jerry, here you go. Yeah, can you I could read it, but I may questions? not understand it. <laughs> yeah, so I could probably like read a bit of it, mm-hmm. but to fully understand what I'm reading. I would have to hear it. You need to hear it. Yeah. Everything is verbal. So what would be three things then that, I mean, everybody obviously is very different and has their own thing that Mm -hmm. kind of like helps them to be successful. But what would be three things that you would suggest to a potential employer that would be that in an accommodate, like to accommodate somebody that does have sort of a reading or or writing difficulty? Uh, Well, with technology today, you just have a computer and they can do it on the computer. Mm-hmm. Or they can bring their own laptop, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like with technology today, I can use my phone to accommodate myself. You know, if I need to read something, I take a picture of it and then I read it. Because I noticed too that when you're, like when we're teaching together, mm-hmm. um, like you do... Like you do have your phone and you're mm-hmm. like, sometimes I don't notice it always I until you it. actually told me about it, <laughs> but <laughs> which is like, you know, not that you have to cover it up, but like I was surprised at how I do it subtle, you know? subtly it was. So like, what would be some of the things that you would use? So you would use. Surrey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you would. Speech to text, all that. So what, how would you say you Surrey? Like, what would you say? Well, let's say I didn't know how to spell something. Like in class, if a kid asked me to spell something, I'd be like, Suri, spell this. And, and then I'd you would just it. repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'd listen to it and then I know how to spell it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, or like, so let's, you know, I do a lot of research in class, you know, mm-hmm. for apps and stuff. I use Suri all the time. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> no, no. So when we're researching like apps that are good for our students, I'm usually saying to Suri, Suri, I need this app. And then I look for it. It helps me because I don't know how to spell it. So mm-hmm. even sometimes when I'm putting, you know, there's a password in the computer. Mm-hmm. I, I have trouble spelling it. So I'll use voice recognition. Oh. Yeah, that's the big one. And then I have another app. It's called uh, Speechify. You take mm-hmm. a picture and it reads any text. It can even be like on a bottle, anything. Yeah. And what about um, for someone to... Can you offer a suggestion for someone to like, whether it's like a potential employer or a potential professor or a potential, um, you know, student um, mm-hmm. to help minimize you feeling a little bit, you know, uncomfortable or anxious about, mm-hmm. you know, 
doing whatever it is that you're going to be doing with them. Mm, it's like some people have a bit of like, you can, their mannerism kind of, you can tell they don't really want to accommodate you. Mm-hmm. So really try to be understanding and and kind to the person. Because I do find sometimes people are like, I have to accommodate this person now? Like that's, it really hurts, <laughs> you know? So really be mindful of your, the way you, you know, your body language, how you're talking to that person and really respect them, you know, just because they learn differently doesn't mean they can't do the job. Probably can do it better, I would say. Because I find myself, I try to compensate for where I struggle. So I, I make sure I'm doing extra of my job. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing more, if that makes sense. So No, I agree. I mm-hmm. mean, I have the pleasure of mm-hmm. teaching with oh, you. Sorry. And that's something that I have noticed. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always like, Darian, like, you don't have to do that. Or Darian, you should just go home now. I like to keep busy, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's also Like, I appreciate you doing this. But, like, you know, because I think, like, I do see that. Like, I see you. I mean, I think that is your nature. Like, I think you're a very, you know, intelligent, self-motivated person Mm -hmm. to begin with. Like, that's your personality. But... Now that you're saying this, like maybe, like you said, like in terms of like when you've been trying to prove myself. when you're used to, yeah, like, yeah. you know, people not quite getting it and understanding what a learning disability is mm-hmm. versus something different mm-hmm. um, or, you know, that you can't understand it. You just understand things in a different way mm-hmm. or you're understanding at a different pace mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you try and be like super prepared and absolutely like super everything so that as much as you can in your own yeah you know within your power your i prepare a lot or i'll take it home and make sure i work on it at home if i need a little extra time if there's something i need to do i'll you know i'll spend that extra time at home working on it and then bring it in the next day (laughs) no because you know i do have trouble with like cutting and stuff with my hands and because my hands shake because of uh, the epilepsy so you know I'll you know take it home and cut it take my time you know or I'll use what you have that cutter that we use yes, the magical one yes so <laughs> you know I I kind of know where I you know so I plan it out you know and I think too something that I've noticed as well is that I think like anybody when you've gone through and you sort of been um the recipient of sort of vibes that are not exactly mm-hmm. positive all the time you become more compassionate and more empathetic yes to people around you who you know for other reasons or any reason really you know you pick up on that because you felt that you've you know because I know often you'll be like oh like I hope that person's okay I just noticed that they were in Sometimes I will not have noticed it, but then mm-hmm. when I look at them, like, you know, when I really kind of, you know, you can, and I just feel like it's something that maybe you're more in tune with. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say. In the sense that you can pick it up that vibe from, you know, from somebody else because maybe. I felt know, it before. Yeah. You or, felt it. Or I just, you know, yeah, I know You've what you're saying. You've been there before kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know, and you kind of. 
I can kind of, yes, notice. Yeah. No, you're yeah. very, very observed. Well, I, I have to be observant because I'm constantly trying to understand what's happening and like uh, process and just every, I don't know. I don't know. I have to take everything in. <laughs> so no, I think that's amazing. I think that's so. one of the reasons why I think that it's so good and so incredibly helpful mm-hmm. to have you be open to sharing just, you know, who you are, your journey, mm-hmm. and some of your tips and techniques so that, you know, we can all kind of learn to be more accommodating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from what you're saying, it's really just like an attitude shift absolutely like just being like open to trying something different mm-hmm. and um you know being able to just listen even yeah. if you don't necessarily understand everything that's okay but at least yeah at ask least questions able to ask questions you know i'm not afraid to answer questions if someone has a question about my learned disability even if it's a um, you know, a job, you know, they don't understand. I'd be happy to answer any questions. They just need to ask. <laughs> don't be afraid to ask. So. so in closing, is there one kind of piece of advice that you'd like to give to somebody who Ooh. is on that cusp of, you know, understanding that they are going to require accommodations to be successful, but are feeling like a little bit... Uh, you know, reluctant to advocate for Mm. themselves. It's hard. It's going to take a lot of practice, I would say. You you really have to practice. You know, you'll have days where you don't want to ask for accommodations, but once you get them, you feel so much better because you're successful in what you're doing. So, no, don't be afraid to just be like, this is what I need, and you can show everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much again, Marianne, for coming. Thank you. Um, this is our second episode. Um, we would really appreciate any questions, any comments, any ideas. Absolutely. I have, I'm very open. You ask me, I know I will tell you. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so please put it in the chat. Please send us an email. Um, and please join Jerrianne and I this Friday um, when we do a Q&A and just hopefully answer any questions or provide some more insights into advocating for yourself. So thanks so much for joining us at Life Lessons. Thank you. And we will see you uh, this Friday, I guess. Yeah, see you Friday. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you.